0: Now, one of maybe the mistakes could be that we think, well, are all buildings bad? Because if God has left the building, well, then what is uh, the point of a building? Well, a building is to only serve the, the point of what he wants to build, which is the people. <laughs> so therefore, it is a vehicle, it's a tool, it's a conduit to ultimately fulfill what he is carrying out on a mission. So we gather, because that is a, a, a pattern we see, post-resurrected Jesus, that they gather, not only weekly, but daily, and therefore to live this, this new rule and reign all the time, 24-7, 365. So at the beginning, I shared a verse, two verses out of First Corinthians, and we're gonna go right back there. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Do you not know? This might be one of the most powerful questions of all time. Do you not know that you are God's temple? And just think of that for a moment. Let that hang. When we go and we travel, we look at buildings and we get to see the beautiful uh, works of art and architecture and engineering and what humans have been allowed to create under God's rule, that we were created by the creator. So therefore, we, as people made in the image of God, then have an ability to create. But we're never God. We're always under his control and his rule. But we travel far and wide to see buildings and structures that make our jaw drop. You don't think so? Everywhere you go, it's all over Facebook. Everywhere you go, there's a selfie, look at this. I wanna get this, get this picture in front of this monument. I wonder if we've discounted what is the greatest monument, the greatest building, which is the temple. So I ask this question that's recorded here. Do you not know that you are God's temple? And if you do know, how does that impact your life? And what is God's temple? And that God's spirit dwells in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, being people, us, made in the image of God, followers of Jesus, God will destroy them. Ultimately, the the, the battle is not against us, it's against the Lord. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. If you're like me, sometimes you think, well, I know what's inside of me. I know what thoughts come in my mind. They aren't always holy. Well, the flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing. And when you follow Jesus now, the Spirit is inside of us, dwells inside of us. And who is, as you might hear it said, the Holy Spirit or the the Holy Ghost? Well, God. And the Holy Spirit Maybe we can just remove the. Because we don't say the God. We don't say the Jesus Christ. Why? Because it feels personal. The Holy Spirit feels distant, ethereal. But it's Holy Spirit, person of the Trinity, God. Holy Spirit, present, where? In followers, dwelling, home in us. So who is Holy Spirit? God. A person. So therefore, let's make it personal. Now, if you have some church background, there could be uh, two extremes, where uh, Francis Chan wrote a book in his particular circle and context. Uh, He felt Holy Spirit was not even talked about or uh, just in a distance, so he wrote a book called The Forgotten God. Talking about Holy Spirit, and then in other circles, and this is why sometimes people are resistant because people can uh, over almost even caricatureize Holy Spirit in such a way that it's just straight up unbiblical. Where Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and it almost seems is like a movie or like a genie lamp. Let me ask Holy Spirit, or let me tell Holy Spirit what to do, and Holy Spirit's going to go. And and, um, and I'm not saying that 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 uh, there's all, there's wrong, or that either extreme is evil, but I think there's there's a more meat in the center as we find ourselves. Okay, then what does Holy Spirit do? Well, Holy Spirit gives us power to witness and testify to be bold. Holy Spirit gives us conviction to obey. Holy Spirit brings comfort. Holy Spirit helps us pray in our weakness. Romans 8, 26. You know, I I don't always have the words on how to pray. Holy Spirit gives us groanings. God hears. Holy Spirit also is displayed through gifts of the Spirit, could be through prophecy, words of knowledge, miracles, signs, and wonders. We believe Holy Spirit is absolutely active and that the gifts have not ceased, they continue. But at the same time, if a miracle doesn't happen in a moment, it doesn't mean that God's not working. And the scripture evidence for this is Paul, one one example is Paul, God is using, Holy Spirit is using Paul, where signs and wonders are coming through him, but yet, he also has a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan, weakness, and he also has a buddy at a time named Epaphroditus, who is so sick to the point of death, the Holy Spirit didn't move in that particular, so it might not manifest as ultimately as God wills, it doesn't always go the way we want or how we want, and that is, in, in some ways, not enough uh, clarity for some of us where we're like, no, I just want it to be always black and white, and most of Following God in faith is, we have the essentials, but there's, there's both and. There's a tension in the in-between. Holy Spirit today is in the church, in the people, the temple, the present inside of me and you. Now, you might wonder, where in the world is Jesus? Why would he leave? It would be really cool if we could vote for him next year in 2024 election. <laughs> You know, like, why did he choose us, humans? Why wouldn't he stay? Well, let's go to John 16. Verse one, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I have told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Oh, where's our king going? Where's our leader going? (laughs) Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So it's as if Jesus is saying, hey, he's in one place, And we know his prayers were effective in many places because people were healed, not even in his presence. So Jesus had the ability to pray and see God move in all of the world. But yet that part of his plan is if I leave, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the church will be better off that now the church is gonna be alive and leave the building And it's in the people for rest and rule everywhere they go. Everywhere they go, the ministry of presence. So the Holy Spirit is where in me means I have access to power to overcome sin, conviction to obey, comfort in time of need, help through weakness, through prayer and for gifts to flow as God wills. And as God's temple full of the Holy Spirit, three things that gets us just totally alive and active is what we are free, obedient, and holy. Like we're free now. Sin is no longer our master. Do we have moments where we trip up and we need to repent? Absolutely. But let's not go back into that prison. He set us free. Whom the Son set free is free and free. Indeed. I need to hear this. Because I watch games where we cheer for people and we're more excited about what's going on in them. When I look what's inside of you, I can tackle you right now. (laughs) Church, it's in you. We're free. We also get to live bold now that we have Holy Spirit in us. Not in your own strength or confidence, but God in you. And we get to live present. Holy Spirit allows us to be present. And this can seem um, like a subtle shift, but this is a fundamental shift, that it's not outside in, it's wanting to flow inside out. So do you not know, city life, that you're God's temple, the Holy Spirit dwells in you? We're gonna go back to that passage again, but this time we're gonna read from verses nine through 20. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual and moral, nor the adulterers, uh, idolaters, or adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful, permissible, profitable, Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. And it's hard not to read this in a condemning tone and instantly be like, Yeah, I get it. I'm a sinner. I'm never going to be good enough. I've messed up a bunch. But read it the other way, that God so loves you that he set you free, that he put his spirit inside of you so that if we remember who we are, is based on whose we are, now we have the ability to move forward. So do you not know what's inside of you? So therefore, flee from sexual immorality. There's power. Every other sin a person commits on the outside of the body, but sexually immoral person sins against his own body, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price to glorify God in your body. So now to think of, so this was Corinthians six, and uh, we were in Corinthians 13, and to think, okay, wow, the temple is living in me. So city life, do we not know? Well, then we look at our actions, and then to think, oh, well, now I have confidence to move forward because God's Spirit lives in me. And to have the ministry of presence is to recognize this, that I am present with God. God, I am present with Holy Spirit, and I am present with you. Take a moment. Look around, if you're in this physical space, just look around at the people that are in this place. These are gifts. No, don't look at me. Just look around. We can do this game for a while. It's like, oh my goodness, he's actually asking us to do something. Thought we we're here to get entertained. No, never, please. And if you're at home, look at somebody. And if you're alone, think of why we're not meant to be alone. <laughs> why does this feel different? Because we're meant to be present, present with people and God. Not our phones, not, and, and, and look, I am guilty of it so many times, I just gotta veg out, like, oh, just give me 10 minutes. <laughs> Let's not miss the real gift of the season, God and people. And the other extreme would say, well, okay, fine, I'm, I, I'm present where I'm at, but I'm also limited. How do I be present other places in the world? There's a four-letter word for it, and it's not a swear word. It's P R. A-Y, pray. When we pray, we are present anywhere. It's how we see in scriptures that I'm not there in the flesh, but I'm with you in spirit. And we don't have to tell everybody when we're praying for them, but if somebody comes to our mind or we long to see somebody, maybe we take a moment and we just pray. Holy Spirit, how would you have me to pray? Holy Spirit, I don't even know how to pray God, I pray that you would be present in that moment and show up and show off in such a way that we will never be the same. Now, one question for maybe one person in the room. When would we not be present with somebody? Well, if it's harming us or it's unbiblical or illegal, immoral or ethical. And there might be moments when it's very difficult to be present if there's physical limitations, like a bad report from the doctor, and our health isn't in a condition to be present, even mentally, physically, spiritually, from medication or a whole different drop down of menu reasons. But for the majority of our life, I think we're missing the real miracle. This is why, can I, just to go Grinch just for a second, this is why I enjoy gift giving when I'm prompted. I have a real rough time when I'm obligated. And I think it's good to have traditions that are on the calendar. But of all traditions that we would ever understand, I can sing you almost every single stinking Christmas song in the world. And I don't know hardly any other lyrics of songs. I hear the beat. I can give you the melody. And it's because majority of my life, this message of here's the reason for the season it gets lost, and the real sauce is the presence of God and the people and the message, and then from that place, by all means, get every gift you want. Be as festive as possible. Now, that is not an excuse to be bah humbug, Scrooge, or Grinch. Because <laughs> we gotta get the ice maker, right? I recognize that voice. Amen. And I, I, it is beautiful. And I think if we've ever had that feeling, where on Christmas, you know, just something feels even magical. I, I think those moments in life are meant to teach us. That's what it feels like to be in the presence of God, and in His community, and with people. So then, how do we cultivate a space for that year, year round? And that's another sermon for another day. But we then say, okay, what's inside of us? This is where we land. And I want to invite the worship team up. And then we're gonna take up uh, an offering in just a moment for something we've been preparing for for the last month, the heart for the house. But 2 Timothy chapter one, verse six. For this reason, I remind you, church, to fan the flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God, has, God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. What a gift, what a gift. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel of power, by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. This is being present. An example in my life of the best person I've ever met that's present and in the moment and not checking their phone is my wife. She's just so there. In fact, sometimes a critique could be someone who might see her and say, the worship team here, are they coming? There you go, we got a couple. come on in. Hang out. you know, come on, you want this? I always feel, I'm trying to kill this stigma where they like kinda of watch too, you too. If you wanna come out, we can give a high five, just don't do anything weird, too weird. Holy Spirit, because you might say, well, okay, what is the when the Holy Spirit is moving, Holy Spirit, even me, I'm saying that the Holy Spirit's moving, there's always two things that happen. One, it's always in line with Scripture. Holy Spirit is always in line with Scripture. And Holy Spirit is confirming through people as well. So it's not a solo mission ever. This is why it's a real body. It's a real family. It's a miracle that we're here. We're in the family of God. Uh, where's the keys? Are they coming? Where's he at? coming? Oh, no, you're good, bro. Thank you. You're a good man. You're ready to just jump on in. All right, so the Holy Spirit's always in line with Scripture, and, and here's, here's uh, maybe a slide you want to take a picture of. The ministry of presence is to live full of the Spirit and present myself before God. This might be scary, but God loves you. Present myself before others and be present in that moment with God. So our breathing can slow us down and be present with others. This is a a work in my life to do this. And not to toot my own horn, a lot of times I'll just put myself on blast because I don't think it's helpful if a speaker just tells you about all their wins. In fact, it's better to be vulnerable because I'm not perfect and I have weaknesses, but God is working in me and greater is he that lives in me just like he who lives in you, the spirit of God. But I got a compliment uh, a month ago that really impacted my life in the hallway from a good brother, uh, Matt here, who I've known for a long time. And he said, they were asked a question somewhere to the effect of who in your life is like really locked in and present when you're around them? And he thought of two names in his whole life. He said, one, um, someone who was in a school. And then, secondly, he said, Me. And I was like, What? That's the thing I think I'm horrible at is like being there. But it was as if Holy Spirit was giving me a kiss to say, Hey, that circle of life thing you guys talk about, that thing about being present, it's impacted somebody. And you start to lean in with empathy. You move in and, and realize, Oh, this person is priceless. They're the one. And I'm loved for the one, so whatever one is in front of my face, that is the most important moment in the world. And this is hard to do. I remember being on a car lot and selling and learning this technique that if there's somebody waiting, that you got to be present with that person and not try to move on so that you don't miss that deal. You want to be so present that you're with this person, when many times that person might move on. And you could say, hey, hold on, I'm serving this person first, but the temptation in life is to just be scattered, you know? Just be scattered, just be scattered, just be scattered. And for all of us though, I think sometimes why it's so scary to be present is because people have an unreasonable expectation of what we can offer, any of us. Now, you, 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 think you take this bait like, if, okay, if I'm present with this person, they're gonna want everything and they're gonna think I'm God. Well, no, no, no one is God. So the pressure's off, we're a body But God is God. So we can't put that on somebody, and we also can't pick up that weight ourselves. So church, here's where we're at. God left the building, and newsflash, did you not know? He is building something new through you, through me, through us. We are his temple, and that is the ministry of presence. Amen? I'm going to invite a couple of trustee members up here to lead us for the Heart for the House
1: offering.
2: Hello, friends. Good morning,
1: good morning. Thank you, Jeremy. My name is Jeremy. And I'm James. Oh, you got Rob's mic. Oh, <laughs> Dang. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: I'm James. Oh!
1: <laughs> is it working out? Oh, there it is.
2: I'm James, in just a moment, we're going to dedicate our Heart for the House
1: offer. Yeah, and I'm just so thankful to be here to uh, get the opportunity to talk with you guys about this. Uh, This year for the Heart for the House, we have two amazing portions of where the funds are going for. Uh, Let me start with the internship. So we have a world-class internship here at City Life. Uh, We've got 10 incredible interns. And I know sometimes people think about interns. They say, oh, an internship is somebody that's just going to go get coffee. Not this one. Uh, This is all year long. It's a huge time commitment. Um, And and we just hope and pray that it helps change their lives. Um, They're also not only getting impacted with their training, they're gonna be impacting others. Um, And so $75,000 goes to help cover a portion of the cost. Again, it's a year-long program. There's a lot of things that add up. Um, And so the other portion is uh, to invest in our staff. And so Rob was talking, we, we just finished eight years. We're going into nine years. Um, city life's growing. There's a lot of amazing things that we've done so far, but we want to invest in what we're gonna to continue to do and do in the future. And through that, we have to help with compensation uh, for our staff members. And not only from a salary perspective, but you know we'd like to have some benefits for people. Uh, I know we love having healthcare and a 401k and stuff. and so. The opportunity to give to that is amazing as we invest in our people to go invest in the city of Lansing. And we're not here to
2: try to get you to give any more or any less than what God has called you to steward. Um, right now, we just we, we invite you to just take a moment and pause and ask God how he wants you to be a part of what he's doing here at City Life Beyond. So we're gonna take a moment and pause and just listen to God.
1: All right. I think we have a slide for the ways to give. I'm pretty sure Rob forgot to talk about that today. All right, there's a couple ways to give. Uh, CityLifeLansing.com, the Church Center app. You can text any amount to 84321 um, or in just a second, we're gonna pass the buckets. Uh, you can you know, write on the envelope with a card number, cash or check. All right, James, you wanna pray for us? Absolutely.
2: Dear God, thank you that you have the best plan, Lord. Thank you that you have plans for all of our lives here. Everyone, under the sound of my voice, God, thank you that you have a plan for their life, Father. Um, Thank you for bringing everyone here to City Life today, Father. And thank you for the work that we've been able to do through you here at City Life over the last eight years, Lord. Uh, We're thanking you in advance for just the work that we'll continue to do through you and empowered by you, Father. And I pray that each of us here will find the best way to partner, Lord, whether it is through finances or time or prayers or love, but hopefully it's all of the above, Father. Uh, We pray that every dollar that's donated for your Heart for the House offering, Lord, just advances the kingdom uh, throughout all of Lansing and beyond, Father, and that people would just know that they're loved, that they belong, and they have purpose. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.
0: just in a moment I want to go back into that song and to maybe posture our hearts is in a way you know when you're singing something but you just don't believe it to be true that I pray in this moment something would awaken inside of us that we the words we're singing would become as real to us as the ground we're standing on the clothes we're wearing the person on the left or the person on the right that we are His temple. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, look, sin separates us from God, but God loves you too much to leave you that way, that He sent His Son to pay the payment for your sin and mine. And He won't force it upon you, but by faith, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, was buried for three days and then rose from the dead, that death, the final enemy, will be no more. And one day he will return and confess with your mouth your sins will be forgiven. And it doesn't mean it will be perfect and every day is going to be easy. And no, what it means is that now you have God present with you and you have a family that you don't have to do this alone. And you follow him as a disciple, a learner. God, if people are here today and they don't know you, I pray in the name of Jesus that is above every name, to which every demon will bow and does bow and fear and trembles and runs, but every knee will confess the ultimate king of kings that in this moment that your people would come back home and make you Lord of everything. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. And then secondly, church, I pray for us that when we sing this song, we'll be activated to become aware of the presence that is not out there, but that dwells in here. In Jesus' name, let's worship. This moment that God is creating space in our souls where sin has kind of re, resided and kind of tried to take root that in this moment the power of God is canceling out what years of pattern and habit that you couldn't break on your own and before we would even think to go out of this place. I think sometimes out of habit, we'll just go back to what was familiar and not take a second to recognize that there's something new and he's leading differently. So when we go back into this hook, ask Holy Spirit, how does this moment change my day? How does this moment change my week? Speak to me. Give me something custom. And then try to capture this moment. Maybe write it down or remember, reflect, and share it with the believer this week. See, hey, does this line up? Because God is right here, right now. Let's sing. Christmas Eve, we will not be gathering at 10 and we won't be gathering at 1130, but we're going to have one service together with Kingdom Life at 7 p.m. It will be about an hour long. If you're in town, we would love to have you be a part of it. Invite somebody. Christmas is a great time that God is calling his people back to himself. We look forward to seeing you next week at 7 p.m. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we're not going to stop until Jesus comes back and he makes all things new. And until then, all things are being made new through me and you as we go out. Have the best day of your lives. We'll see you next week.